Hello, this is Revel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. For timeline clarity, this month is November 2008, so don't be confused by events mentioned on this program. My guest today is longtime raw foodist, natural hygienist, and healthcare professional, Jimmy Igo. Welcome, Jimmy. Thank you. <laughs> I think you don't do this too much, right? I haven't been on a radio show since the 1970s, and it was American Indian radio show at that time. Okay, we got to talk about that. Now, you contacted me on Facebook, so if you want to check out Jimmy, J-I-M-I-I-G-O, Jimmy Igo, check him out on Facebook. And um, Also, we have a website, www.earthcrafts.net. Ah, okay. I was not doing my homework. <laughs> Earthcrafts.net, yes, we got to do that. Okay, so Jimmy, tell me something about your food program. You've been doing raw and natural hygiene. Is there a difference between the two? And if so, what is it? What is, what is natural hygiene first? Well, one of the things about natural hygiene that is unique, and it's really all-encompassing, is that it incorporates all dietary regimes, as long as it fits in with the principles and laws and practices of natural hygiene. Therefore, it could include all of the above. That's one of the beauties of natural hygiene. And I've really followed, had, had the need to follow anything else except other than natural hygiene. I got into it in 1971, just uh, picked up Food Combining Made Easy off the health food store, and then I read the complete volumes of Dr. Hubert M. Shelton, and it's just been there ever since. Raised a family of four on natural hygiene, and it's just become a total lifestyle for me. Well, you mentioned principles and laws. What are, what are they? Oh, well, they're numerous, and they're... Um, uh, let me explain that, uh, Hubert M. Shelton just a little bit here. I mean, to me, he's like the Carl Jung of psychology, or he's like... He's a biggie. He's like Bach in music. He's a biggie of nutrition. And so um, a lot of his material, however, was published in private publishing. But his secretary was, uh, is still alive. Her name's um, um, Virginia... Um, <clears throat> is it Satter? No, Virginia um, Vivian... Vetrano. And she's called me on one occasion. I think it was, it was back in the 80s. Um, I belonged to a little group that was called uh, Fasting Book, and a lot of the people on there didn't have a clue about fasting. One of the big parts of natural hygiene is all-water fasting. And I found out that almost everybody that was writing about raw and everything, outside of the Hippocrates people, say, they all referenced Dr. Hubert Ellis Shelton, so I really had no desire or want or even a need to go anywhere else. So, give me three laws. Oh, okay. Got, <laughs> I'm going to get these laws out of you. We've got three general laws. We can call them excesses, excesses. deficiencies, okay. and vital force energy. Those would be three. Um, there, there's literally hundreds of principles, and there's lots more laws. Um, but it's, it's like a whole system of health and life, right? It's not just about eating. There's more involved. It's very scientific, a lot of physiology all through the ages. Um, 
What I really attracted to me to at first, once I read some of the voluminous material on the subject from Hubert Shelton, was that, hey, the pilgrims learned natural hygiene from a Native American. And I am Native American. I'm indigenous here to Southern California. I belong to the tribe of where we're speaking right here, which is the Tongva Curavunga. I was born in Santa Monica, California. And I'm very proud of who and what I am. I can proudly say my grandfather's grandfather's grandfathers before them were all born in Santa Monica before the white, first white person even put up a pitched a tent here in, in this land. So I'm very proud of who and what I am. So in a way, Dr. Hubert Shelton is considered old school. Some people would consider him obsolete because he uses terms like the theory of mankind. Well, what about humankind? What about women and men all put together? Mm. So he's not very contemporary in that sort of a way. Um, uh, but, and he has passed away now. And, but at the time that I started following him, he was living and running that institute in San Antonio, Texas, which was called um, the Natural Hygienic Institute on the San Antonio River, and had nearly a 100% success rate with all the things that people are promoting now, with diabetes, with uh, all kinds of internal diagnostic categories. Uh, you just name it. He just had hundreds and hundreds of case histories. And anybody that's familiar with Shelton's writings will run across all these case histories. So he's he started many 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 years ago. What, what yes, he started like in the twenties. He got into it right away in his youth. Uh, he was born in the late eighteen hundreds, um, and then he did a lot of work in the thirties. He just wrote lots of volumes that aren't readily available out there anymore, but they can be special ordered. Why do you think, since he's been doing this and he had? thousands and thousands of people who have healed themselves of various things just by changing their lifestyle. Why do you think that hasn't just taken off and like so many other people hearing of it? Because I, I know now there's others who are talking about it, one who I already interviewed on the show and one who I'm going to interview on the show. Um, you know, I'm kind of at a loss to understand this. Do you have any theories on why... This hasn't just bloomed into everybody going natural. Well, it really has bloomed, and everyone is raw to one extent or the other. And um, what we just have to do is come more in touch with ourselves in that respect and, and view our rawness and honor it and respect it, because we all have what Maslow called self-actualization. What it has to do with is what we are as human beings. We have to become self-reliant. And being self-reliant is um, it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a huge revelation because then we don't look for any outside magic pill or super diet or any kind of... Like Doug Graham says, it's only th less than 3%, the food. All the rest of it is mindset. And there's this place I read about in the newspaper, and it, it just really got me. It was just a newspaper article, and it said that um, some high school teacher went on his vacation, and he, uh, he went up high in the Himalayas outside of China and went through a Shangri-La. Up until he visited, there were no outsiders allowed there whatsoever. 
And um, what he found was that in this Shangri-La, they did not allow anything that was progress-oriented. This is according to the article. And they, they refused to have any outsiders come into their village because of that. And he was allowed in, one of the first, he said. And he went in and he, he saw how they were. And he said, the only law of the land they had in their Shangri-La was it was against the law not to be happy. So there's these five rules of being happy, is to free your heart of hatred, free your mind of worries, live simply, give more, and just expect less. Uh, Jimmy, that all sounds good, and it sounds Shangri-La, but I know for many people, to free their mind of hatred and anger... Is, are there any ways that you know of to make it simple for people to do that? Well, that's a really big question, and there's volumes and volumes longer than my lifetime is been written on that subject, and I'm not sure that I really want to go into that kind of a dissertation at this particular <laughs> moment. But uh, living for the here and now, I'd say, is you know, it just like right now is forever, and forever is right now and just staying in touch with who we are for the moment is a good starting point. And um, one thing I'd like to say about Hubert Shelton is that I never met the man, but I had the pleasure of somebody who spent time with him, of meeting uh, um, a Dr. John Fiedler. He runs an 800-acre health re uh, natural hygienic retreat in Australia. And he's just an amazing man. He came here to the Los Angeles greater area and um, spent some time with us. And uh, he, he just has that Sheltonian quality about him that I don't know how to describe anywhere else. But um, uh, there's something about being a natural hygienist that, that a lot of the alternate medicine people kind of reference but they don't really practice. So maybe you're right. Maybe it takes a lot of extra effort and practice to be one, but it should be like Doug Graham said, it should be as simple as all American pie, even though we don't eat that. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, we do eat American raw pie. <laughs> there you go. But, yeah, uh, you know, it, it is... It, it seems to me, and we'll just you know go in another direction in a moment, that with awareness... It can be that simple to just drop the anger and the hatred, but it t does take awareness. Well, since you brought up anger and hatred, I'm really glad you brought that up, because in my culture, we have a lot of that. I grew up on the reservation. I know what anger and hatred was. When I was a young teenager, shortly before I came 100% hygienically raw, I was on the run. We used to run around with rifles to the nearest hillside where white people lived off the reservation and shoot up their houses with rifles. So I was not a good kid um, in that okay. respect. <laughs> so we're going to come back in a moment because I want to hear this story. Okay. <laughs> Don't go away. So hi, and welcome back to Rockin' Radio. In case you haven't heard, of course you have. The second edition of my book, Smoothies and Smoothies for Life, based on the raw food lifestyle, is now out as a beautiful soft cover with four-color photos as and as an e-book. I've added more recipes, two new sections, one about health properties of the ingredients in the book, and 138 common health conditioners, 
conditions and potential natural relief using the recipes in the book. I guarantee a container of smoothies every day will change your life. Remember, surrender to the blender for optimal health. And please take the time to check out my websites, revelations.com, that's with two V's and two L's, where you can sign up for my weekly revelations. When you do, you'll receive my latest ebook and find out about my teleclasses or my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self-empowering playbook, and Smoothies and Smoothies for Life, and also books I recommend from Amazon and more. My guest today is Jimmy Igo. And you can check out his website, earthcrafts.net, and visit him on Facebook, which is where I found him. Now, we're talking about you being on the reservation, and I don't know if you want to admit this to the um, whole world. I'll be happy to admit it. Okay. Um, see, at the same time, we're taught to be, we were missionized Indians. So we went to these little mission churches. My grandfather's relatives from down Poloway, and my grandparents were I lived with my grandparents basically because growing up in LA in the 50s I just you know my parents were afraid I was going to run the streets like my uncles did and they wanted me to go I, I had severe asthma my lung collapsed um, they were both chronic smokers I came out of that kind of environment so uh, they said well I'll get fresh air out there anyway it's away from people and what I found is something very beautiful. I found our language survived out there, and the old people, my grandmother's aunts, and uh, were still alive, and they spoke Indian fluently. And I felt it was beautiful, and I didn't think of it as being a foreign language. What I thought of is, that's how family's supposed to speak to each other. And it wasn't until I grew up and went to college on a Bureau of Indian Affairs grant and whatnot that I... Um, I learned that the, these people call that a foreign language. I thought, well, I just thought that's how family spoke. It was sort of an innocent kind of reaction. But what I learned from my grandfather in particular was not from Shelton, but I learned from my grandfather what indigenous food is. And what indigenous food is, is it's, it follows a territorial footprint. It follows what exists on any particular territory where you live. If you eat durians, you should live in Indonesia. If you eat um, um, zapotes from another area, the mountains of Mexico, you should live there. In other words, you should respect and honor, that. that's what he taught me, to respect and honor our indigenous uh, foods. And so at that point in time, I decided... I'm not really a natural hygienist after all. I'm a native hygienist. Hmm. And so what, what is your typical daily intake? How, how do you usually eat on a regular basis, Jimmy? Oh, it's according to the rules of uh, natural hygiene encompasses um, food combining. Now, food combining, I should mention quickly here, has been rejected by John Hopkins University, which is the he- like the head... Um, medical model thing going on here and they, they, they're, they're guilty of all sorts of medical atrocities that they've gotten away with over the years. But anyway, they reject food combining. I say go with food combining. Uh, a lot of the raw foodists today are saying, well, you know, it's okay to mix some of the leaves with some of the fruits and they, we can fudge a little bit. Okay, it's fine to fudge. But the beauty of food combining that I find about food combining in particular is that with food combining, you're approaching mono-eating. 
And there's nothing, if you look at birds out in the nature and everything, they eat one food at a time. There's nothing more beautiful on this earth than eating in silence and practicing mono-eating. It's just like the highest, utmost respect for the food that goes into our bodies. And so, um, I always start out in a food combining model with fruits, because the digestive time is very short. A melon is almost less than an hour, whereas a more concentrated starch, for example, could take up to three to four hours, so I save that for lunch. Lunch, is, as natural hygienists, we all eat our, our concentrated carbohydrates at lunch, because that's when you expend most of your energy, it's the active, most active part of the day. And then at night we delve into our proteins. Okay, so when you say concentrated carbohydrates, give us some examples. Okay, um, carbohydrates come in all different shapes and forms. You can find them in fruits, you can find them in um, vegetables. Carbohydrates are almost everywhere, but you find more carbohydrates in like your tubers and your potatoes and those kind of root vegetables. Like starchy. Starchy, starchy. Okay, now But so they're also high in sugars and it gives you that energy to get through the afternoon. Okay, so somebody, like you mentioned, Doug Graham, um, doesn't really advocate much in the tubers. He talks more about 80% fruit and or greens. You know, I mean, And rightly so, and I agree with Doug on that matter. Um, I became a fruitarian full-blown in the 1990s for three straight years, 100% raw, living fruitarian. Uh, because I'm a healthcare professional, I have been for nearly well, well over 30 years already. Um, I, every year I have to show titers that I don't need to be immunized. Now, that, that just means they draw your blood and it shows, shows that your immunity is good enough and strong enough that you're not going to come down, you're not going to be susceptible to these things. And um, I've tried si signing waivers, you know, because you have that legal right to sign waivers in most states to say that you, if you don't want to be immunized. But anyway, that's the whole flu shot season thing and everything. That's another topic. And the other thing about um, working in that field was that they just don't get it. They're part of the medical model. They're, uh, they, uh, they don't see the other side of the way nature is. Florence Nightingale did. She was a natural hygienist back in the 1800s. Lots of people did. Um, the beginning of this country, I like to say all, is, all American is on apple pie, but it's, it, you know, um, some people say uh, George Washington should have planted the, um, the um, cherry tree instead of chopped it down, that kind of thing. But it, it's pretty much all a mindset. Is there something else you wanted to add to that question? Okay. Oh, there was the end? <laughs> well, also there's the B12 and the protein issue. Everyone that's newbie, I call them newbie, into the raw thing, what about the protein? What, what about, about the, the B12? Yeah. Okay, uh, the statistics I've seen is that 80% of vegans, declared raw vegans, are coming down, and some of them are fruitarians, with B12 deficiencies. Whereas only 40% of the meat-eaters are coming down with B12 deficiencies. I do not believe in blood type theory. But there's one aspect of blood type that makes some sense. I have my blood tested every year, and I've never been, because it's part of my job, 
and I've never ever been B12 deficient. I know that from personal talks with Victoria Batinko that she says she's never been B12 deficient either. So I think it has to do with genetics and other dispositions that are more complicated than maybe what science is even looking at. And so uh, according to Graham, oh yeah, sure you're going to go B12 for a little while, then it'll dip down deficient, then you'll come back up eventually. And then I figured out, there's no such thing as 100% raw vegan. There's simply no such thing. Think about it. Take a leaf of any vegetable or fruit, and you're going to see microbes in there. You're going to see probiotics. You're going to see all kinds of little critters with two eyeballs looking at it and waving their limbs at you. So, it's all kind of like a big myth. And there's been huge schisms between in, in natural hygiene, for example. Well, these natural hygienists eat a certain percentage of meat, or, or Hovindus, or whatever his name is, eats a certain amount of meat in the raw state and mixes it inappropriately with fruit and stuff. There's different people out there. But the thing is, everyone's individual, and natural hygiene opens that door to allow all the individuals to conform to the laws and principles. I can't recite them all for you at the moment. So let's just take a break and we'll be right back. Hi, and welcome back to Rockin' Radio. This segment of Rockin' Radio is sponsored by MyPodcastExpert.com, where they offer free teleclasses and paid webinars so you can learn how to do what I do for a minimal cost. You'll learn the layperson's way of doing it with no background needed. If you want to get your name out there as an expert in your field, create and sell product, meet great people, and just have fun, please check out MyPodcastExpert.com and tell them you heard about them from Revel on Rockin' Radio. My guest today, Jimmy Igo. We're talking about natural hygiene, which is kind of interesting to me now because I did interview... Doug Graham, who has, I guess his background is natural hygiene. I've got um, Paul Nissan coming in uh, shortly. And so I'm kind of um, curious about all these things. And also, Jimmy has been involved in this for, what would you tell me, about 40 years? Just about, since 71, and maybe 38. Yeah, about 38 years. And uh, oftentimes people will say to me, well, um, we don't know long-term raw food is except for maybe Storm, who's been 30 years, but there's also Dr. Bishi and uh, Doug Graham's been doing it for quite some time now. And there are quite a few long-term raw foodists. They're starting to come out now, and so I, I want to get them on the program and get them known and let you know that there are people who've been doing it for quite some time. So we just left off with Jimmy about what? Where do, where do you want to go right now? Well, I don't want to leave it open-ended. I said when I was uh, a youngster on the reservation, we went around shooting up people's houses with a rifle. I didn't want to leave it just at that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll get back to natural hygiene momentarily here. But um, we were missionized, so we had to go to these missions. We would go down to Paula, and we, we were taught to serve the priest and to fast and to speak Latin and be altered with all those kind of wonderful things. So when the white people came back from their vacation after we shot their house up, they said, who did that? And I cannot tell a lie. I walked up to the lady and I said, I did. 
And my grandparents on the reservation, in their broken English, Blingish, a little bit of Indian, Spanish, and English all mixed together, said, no, 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 don't say that. You don't mean it. Don't say that. And I said, I did it. You know? And because I was taught to be honest. That was my training at that time. I was taught to fast and things like that. And so I said, I did it. And so, fortunately, the lady was fair with us, and we spent uh, two or three weekends putting all new windows in the place. But um, it wasn't as all bad as all that, and some of it might have been the religious training of the time. Now, with natural hygiene, right across the road from the reservation where I grew up was uh, Dr. Bernard Jensen. And my aunts and cousins and half the family all worked over there on his... Um, his grounds over there near Lake Wolford. And um, um, I was very familiar with Dr. Jensen at the time, but I never really accepted it. I liked his books and everything, but he was missing part of the picture. I leaned toward natural hygiene a lot more than I did uh, Dr. Jensen's kind of um, sprouts and stuff that he was using. And so uh, in town, which was Escondido, uh, there was a doctor, there was a, a world-renowned natural hygienist by the name of Gerald Banesh. Dr. Fiedler, who I mentioned earlier in this program, was an associate of Dr. Banesh and spent some time with him as well. Um, unfortunately, he too passed away in the 80s, like Shelton, but he knew about all this raw stuff a long time before it became popular. So raw, as we all know, is nothing new. It goes back to the beginning of time. It's just that it wasn't popular. I was called all kinds of names, like uh, Nature Boy, this, that, and the other, and, and uh, teased a lot. My children, I, unfortunately, I sent them to private schools. My youngest boy is 28 years old now, and they remember being teased in the school system. Now that we're in the 2000 era, I mean, it's a lot more socially acceptable to be like this. Then it was almost life-threatening. Mm -hmm. And if you look into Shelton, that's what happened to him. He got persecuted by the medical profession because he started publishing his scientific works in their medical journals. Mm -hmm. And um, they were afraid of losing their contracts with stuff like Pepto-Bismol and Alka-Seltzer <laughs> and things like that. That's why they were attacking him and trying to get him to stop publishing his books and stop running his institute. He did not. And so eventually he got driven out of Texas and had to relocate in Florida. But anyway, I followed him through that whole entire era and I've always practiced um, the laws and principles the best I know how of natural hygiene. Well, Jimmy, you said that you had a lot of hatred and anger. Did eating raw make a difference, or was it a, a whole um, a whole system, the whole natural hygienic system, which maybe changed that, or are you still angry? Well, there, there's all the, all of the above. I mean, um, what do they call it? It's buzz terms. You know, you got to mix the spiritual with the body right. and the mental and all the, the categories. And it's, it's always all of, the, all of the above, that we just have to be in considerate balance with each other and with ourselves, most importantly. Um, John, John James Audubon, because I'm just crazy about nature, he, 
he said this thing, and I quote years ago. He says, when the bird and book disagree, always believe the bird. And that, that, to me, that's just beautiful. And um, th that's what uh, fulfillment, enlightenment, and all those other fun words are about inside of ourselves. And I think fasting will re remove any kind of inward or outward toxicity out of our system. And, that, and when I speak of fasting, uh, the same way Doug talks about it, because he is a natural hygienist, it equates resting. And so that means removing yourself from all worldly stimuli. In our culture, um, we would climb a mountaintop and be by ourselves. They wouldn't call it fasting, maybe a vision quest, some kind of other thing. But you have to remember, we're speaking English here, and my culture is like an upside-down language from the language that we're speaking right now. And it's hard to translate. Things get lost in the translation that way. But there is a divinity doctor that I just want to touch on briefly. His name is um, Dr. Bernard Zulak. He's been practicing natural hygiene since the 1940s, right here in Santa Monica, California. The guy is incredible. And... Um, I have a lot of admiration for somebody who can practice natural hygiene that long. So um, he was also um, associate in New York before he came here. So the guy is well into his 80s um, with Reich. And we all know what kind of persecutions Reich had to go through. With well, his, um, we all don't know, but many do, yeah. Mm -hmm. Reich went through quite a few. Anyway, um, we're going to leave with this. Thank you very much, Jimmy. You're very welcome. Uh, Jimmy's going to hang around. We're at uh, my place doing a, uh, a raw potluck to Greater L.A., and he brought some zapote, zapote. Yeah. I just have to say, being a natural hygienist, I don't always eat raw gourmet. In fact, I stick to uh. the salads and fruits. But I am so excited that it's become as popular as it has over the last 10 years, or even longer. And um, that just motivates me really big. Great. I mean, I'm, I'm glad we got to connect. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, to find out more about Jimmy, go to EarthCrafts, E-A-R-T-H-C-R-A-F-T-S, as in Sam, dot net. It's all one word, EarthCrafts.net. And also check him out on the Facebook. You can just go to my... Um, uh, my profile and you'll find him there as a friend if you can't find him through uh, any other way thank you for listening we'll be back next week with another episode of Rockin' Radio please feel free to go to rockinradio.com to purchase books and DVDs by my guests to help keep this program on the air if you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this program please contact me at spillyourbeans at rockinradio.com my engineer is Bo Astrup I'm Rebel Revity Singh Remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now.